The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Father, Lord, even as we talk about a new thing, there is no way we can do anything new if you're not involved. Father, it's in the crushing, it's in the pressing that new things can be birthed. And so, Father, we yield ourselves entirely to you today. And we say, bring new wine out of us. Bring new wine out of us. Fresh wine, fresh oil, fresh unction, fresh anointing. This is what we're asking for today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jehovah God. Blessed be your name. We just want a new thing, a new thing, a new thing. Thank you, Lord. Remain with us even as we continue in this service, Jehovah God. Because without you, we cannot move forward. Moses said, if you do not go with us, then there's no point. Jehovah, we echo that same cry. If you do not go with us, if you're not with us in this service, in this week, in this month, in this year, then there is no point. And Father, on an ongoing basis, bring new wine out of us. This is our heart's cry. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Thank you. Fragrance of life, thank you. The Lord bless you. We're standing and we're going to pray. Because we know, oh, you guys had, you had balanced. <laughs> Don't balance it, okay. We're going to pray because 50 days and we are on the journey. I don't know how many of us are excited about it. I know it's not easy to be on that journey when it's cold. But you know what? Learn to drink hot water, just plain hot water. It's very healthy. Praise God. So... We're going to pray using 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20. 18 to 20, 1 Corinthians 6. Can we have that up? Because today we are praying about sexual immorality. We're praying about sexual sins. It says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. So we're going to stop there for a while, and then we're just going to ask God for forgiveness. Now, it may not be you, you know, involved in sexual sin, in sexual immorality, but remember the story of Achan. Because of Achan, the whole nation, the whole nation was under fire. So we're going to stand in the gap for every one of us. I don't care who it is. I don't want to know, but we're just going to stand in the gap and say, Father, please, where there is sexual immorality, we ask for forgiveness. Let us just go ahead and lift our voices and say, Father, we ask for forgiveness. We ask, oh God, that you truly forgive us. Because, Father God, as a church, Lord God, as a congregation, we want to receive from you. Father God, we do not want to be in the same boat as the children of Israel were so many years ago when because of one person, Achan, blessings, Lord God, failed to come down. Our Father and our God, this 50-day fast is unto you. Lord, it is not just an exercise. It is not Jehovah God just um, 
just um, a fast for nothing, but Father, we want to hear from you, and we do not want any sin to get in the way. And so, Father God, we ask for mercy, we ask for forgiveness, we ask, O oh God, that as a body you will cleanse us, and Father, that we will receive from you, Father, as throne of grace and as individuals. Jehovah God, your word also says that we sin against our own body. Father, forgive us for sinning against our body. Forgive us for sinning against, Lord God, the body called throne of grace. Father, Lord, please help us. Take us to new heights today. In Jesus' name we pray. We still continue. Can we continue? Verse 19. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. So we're going to pray today that, Father, please help us to honor you with our bodies. Jehovah God, help us to honor you with our bodies. In everything we do, Father, we will honor you with our bodies. Father, where we have not had that realization till today, Father, we ask for forgiveness. But we ask that from henceforth we will honor you with our bodies. And brethren, I just want us to know that it's not just when it comes to sexual immorality that we are failing to honor God. In what we eat, how we eat, how much we eat, you know, the amount of time we spend sleeping, those are things that have to do with honoring God with our bodies. And so, Father God, in as much as today's prayer point is about sexual immorality, we also pray that in other ways we will learn to honor you with our bodies. Father God, where we have been, been involved in overeating or in eating the wrong things or in not exercising, Father, in oversleeping, Father, we ask that you forgive us. That in every way we will honor you with our bodies. In the name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. Thank you, Father God, because in everything, Lord, we will honor you. We'll honor you with our bodies. We will honor you with our bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. 2 Timothy 2.22. It says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Here we are praying for our young ones. We are praying for the royals. We are praying for the teens. That the Lord himself will help them. That they will learn to flee from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Anything that will lead them into sexual immorality. Anything that will lead them down the wrong path. And that same verse of scripture says they should associate with people who promote purity in their lives. So we're going to take those prayer points. Father, help our royals, help our teens. Jehovah God, may they be focused, Lord, on you. May they learn to flee from anything that will lead them down the wrong paths in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father in heaven, we cry unto you for these ones. Father, they will not be involved in sexual immorality in the name of Jesus. Father, they will not be involved, O oh God, in anything that will bring your name down. Lord, in every way, Lord, they will promote the name. They will lift the banner of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, they will associate with people who lead them up the right path. They will associate with people who talk about the right things, who talk about godly things, who promote godly values in their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, they will not bring themselves down into the pit of shame. They will not bring throne of grace down into the pit of shame. They will not bring their families down into the pit of shame in the name of Jesus. But they will learn to flee, just like Joseph fled, Lord God, from the wife of Potiphar. And Father... By the age of 30, he was the prime minister of Egypt. Ah, Father in heaven, we pray for our young ones that indeed they will flee. That indeed they will flee. And Father, when they flee, that Lord, you will honor them like you honored Joseph. We give you praise and we give you glory, Lord. We worship you. 
Blessed be your name in the name of Jesus. You're going to hold the hand of somebody. Ah, you people have abandoned pastor. What a hand to fail to hold. Pastor, maybe you should come and come, come and hold my hand, please. <laughs> okay. You're going to ask God to do something new in the life of the person you're holding. Whatever it is, something new, something new. You are asking for something new. So because you are asking for something new, that person is also asking for something new. So Father God, to, today, this morning, we are asking that you do something new. Father Lord, in the, in the life of the person whose hand is being held, Father God, I know you are holding my hand, so please, Father God, do something new in my life. Do something new in the life of everybody, Lord God, in this sanctuary, everybody watching online. Jehovah God, new things. It is our year of new things. Father in heaven, do something new. Even today, do something new in the name of Jesus. We call upon you, O oh God, something new, something ear-splitting, something jaw-breaking. This is what you will do in our lives today. Thank you, Jehovah God. In the pressing, in the crushing, you will do something new. We thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name, Jehovah, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Okay, so now you may be seated. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank God for a new year. Thank God for the month of January. And thank God for this opportunity. Thank God for Pastor who always gives me this assignment. Honestly, talking about planning year after year and just, you know, crying to God and asking God for new ideas. Thank you, Pastor, for that. Thank God for your life. Thank God for the support that you give to us all. Just look around. Yeah, clap, 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 clap. Clap. Pastor deserves it. Pastor Choice deserves it as well. We thank God for their lives and the support. And just look around and thank the person next to you. Are you really thanking the person next to you? If the person next to you isn't saying thank you, feel free to relocate. <laughs> but what are you thanking the person for? Did you just say thank you? Or there's something you are thanking the person for? My sister, thank you for coming to this church for the first time. The Lord bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Okay, so let us look at planning to receive the new. Planning to receive the new. Because we talk about new things. We talk about the new. But how do we receive the new? How can we plan to receive the new? And that's what we'll be looking at today. And the Lord will help us as we move forward in Jesus' name. So let's look at the definition of new. It says it's something that's, that hasn't existed before, something that is being made, introduced, or discovered recently or now for the first time. So there's something about it being the first time. But again, there's something about something that has already existed or it's already existing. It has been seen, but it's been experienced or acquired recently or now for the first time. So something new may be happening in your life, in my life, but it has happened in somebody else's life before. But as far as I'm concerned, it's something new. As far as you are concerned, it's something new. Or it may be something that has never happened. Something that has never happened. When men first went to the moon, how many years ago? I think I was this high, and it was like, oh, wow. That was something new. But these days... 
It's about the speed. So the newness now is about the speed, you know, that the rocket takes to get to the moon, the number of days, you know, men spend there before they start coming back and all of that. So something new may be totally new or it may be new in your life. So a couple get married. As far as I'm concerned, it's not new. But as far as they're concerned, it's what? It's new. Or a couple have a baby. For some people, it's not new. But for them, it's new. You become a grandparent for the first time, it's new. But for some people, it's not new. So you understand. So there are new things. So new things could be happening to you in your space, but they are not new to some people. But as far as you're concerned, it's new. So when you're asking God to do a new thing, don't look at what has gone on in somebody else's life or in somebody else's space. Look at your space. Our anchor scripture is Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. And we're taking the New Living Translation. And it says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? Do you see it? He has already begun. Whether you believe it or not, he has already begun. He says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So you may feel that you are going through a wilderness experience. You may feel that, you know, you are in the desert. But he says, I will make a pathway for you in the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. In that crushing, in that pressing, I am doing something new, something great, something that, we, that will make ears tingle, something that will make jaws drop. That is what the Lord is doing. I want to tell us that it costs God absolutely nothing, as in absolutely nothing, zilch, to do something new. But the question is, are we ready to receive that thing? And it's not just about saying it, but what are we doing to make sure that we receive the new? Isaiah 40, 31. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. That's the New Living Translation. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So you are looking for something new. I am looking for something new. But let's go on. Exodus 19.4. It says, you saw what I, the Lord, did to the Egyptians and how I carried you as an eagle carries her young on her wings and brought you here to me. God did a new thing for the Israelites. He bore them on eagle's wings. And what this does, what this verse of scripture emphasizes is God's protective and nurturing nature towards his children bearing them on eagles' wings. He says he carried them, you know, he carried the Egyptians as an eagle carries um, her young on her wings. And it says, you will soar high on wings like eagles. You will soar high on wings like eagles. You know, um, we're going to look at the eagle today in a way. Not all through, but where we can, we will refer to the eagle. And the Lord will help me with, uh, with the time. Psalm 103 verse 5. Psalm 103 is a very popular uh, chapter of scripture. Yeah? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And we go on and on. It says, verse 5 says, Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We'll come to that. It's about the pressing. It's about the crushing. 
And you'll see that when you are planning to receive something new, you had better be prepared for the pressing and the crushing. As our people say, not before mouth. Be prepared for the pressing and the crushing. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Why are eagles often used in the Bible to symbolize strength, victory, and God's care for his people? We have seen that. He renews your strength like the eagles. He bears you on eagles' wings. He cares for you. And your youth is renewed like the eagles. The eagle is a majestic bird of prey. It's a bird of prey. It's not an easy bird. When you see the eagle, you know you have seen a bird. The way it flies, you'll be scared because of the span of its wings and the power, the sound it makes. It is known for its sharp eyesight, the swiftness of flight, and its ability to soar to great heights. It's not like the raven. It's not like the woodpecker. It's not like any of those birds. It's in a class of its own. So how should we plan to embrace and receive the new? Because the eagle is always doing things, you know? It's about strength. For us to be able to receive something that's new, we need strength. We need tenacity. We need to be tenacious. We need to be enduring. We need to stay. You know, you know we just need that staying power. We need vision. If you're talking about a new thing and you don't have a vision, you're not saying this is the new thing you want, then forget it. You need speed and the ability to soar above life's challenges. Those are the things you need. I'll go over them again. Strength, tenacity, the staying power, vision, speed, and the ability to soar above life's challenges. The eagle rises above the storm. So when you're facing a storm, what do you do? Do you hide? Do you go into hiding? Or do you say, I am onto something. God is leading me someplace. God is taking me somewhere new. So the first thing that you want to do if you truly want to receive the new is that you seek the Lord and you trust in him. You seek the Lord and you trust in him. Isaiah 40, 31. We are very clear about that. Those who trust in the Lord will find what? New strength. So you need to trust in the Lord. Because remember we said you need strength to be able to receive something new. And it is when you trust in the Lord, you seek, in the, you seek the Lord and you trust in him, then you receive new strength. So really important. And let's remember Matthew 6.33, we all know that. We all know that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. All the things you are looking for. Is it new business? Is it promotion? You want to become VP in your place of work? You want to become CEO? You want to buy a car? You want to buy a house? Whatever it is you're looking for. The number one thing is seek God. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And other things will be added unto you. Praise the Lord. You seek the Lord and you trust in him. But you have a vision. What's your vision? If you don't have a vision and you're saying, oh, a new thing, a new thing, a new thing. 365 days will come and go. You will be there. Motion without movement. Still singing. A new thing. A new thing. A new thing. You know the seesaw. A new thing. You go up. A new thing. You go down. A new thing. You are just there. Motion without movement. The eagle has an accurate vision. Accurate. The eagle can actually focus on something that's as far as five kilometers away. Five kilometers away. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on something that you know will materialize towards the end of the year? It's not everything that will come in January 
It's not everything that will come in quarter one. Some things will come towards the end of the year. I know some things came for me last year towards the end of the year. The eagle focuses on something that's like five kilometers away. What's your vision? How accurate is your vision? That's number one. And then do not lose sight of the vision. Do not lose sight of the goal. Do not lose sight of it. Remember, we have said the eagle focuses on something that may be five kilometers away. Habakkuk says, wait for it. It may tarry, but what? It will not tarry. Wait for it. That's what Habakkuk says. No matter what the obstacles are, the eagle will not move his focus from the prey until he grabs it. He's focused and he's flying and he's going, he's going, he's going, and then he grabs it. So the message for us is have a clear and powerful vision and go for it. If you're asking for something new and your vision is not powerful, then you're not yet there. Think about it. Think about what you wrote down towards the end of last year or at the beginning of this year. Brethren, if it is not powerful, then I'm challenging you. And I'm also challenging myself to go back and look at those things and make sure that it is powerful. Powerful enough for somebody who hears the testimony to say, wow, that was something new. Powerful enough for you yourself to say, ah, God, you did this. This is ground shaking. It may not be ground shaking as far as the next person is concerned, that's not my business, but it is ground shaking as far as I am concerned. Like the young people say, I maintain my lane. Yeah? So everybody maintains their lane as far as that is concerned. And I'm not looking at what is going on in somebody else's life because that is where a lot of us miss it. When we start comparing ourselves with other people, my, uh, God's agenda for my life is different from God's agenda for your life. And we need to, re to, to recognize this and embrace it and stop comparing. Let's drop the comparisons and let's say, God, it's you and I, direct line. What you are doing in my brother's life, great, I will rejoice with him. What you are doing in my sister's life, great, I will rejoice with her. What you are doing in my life is my business and, it's, and it is your business. And I want people to come and rejoice with me. You go from level to level, from glory to glory. Your path is like that of the shining sun that does what? It shines brighter unto perfection. It does not shine brighter until it matches the sun of Dickin Noddy. He's the person I can see. Five kilometers away, I can see him. But Noddy, you're not my vision. Praise the Lord. So please have a clear and powerful vision and go for it. You know, Genesis eleven thirty one to 32. Terah was the father of Abraham. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. They set out to go to the land of Canaan. And what happened? They remained in Haran. They didn't get to Canaan. They did not get to Canaan. They had a vision, but did they go for it? Did Terah go for it? He did not. He got to a place called Haran, and he dwelt there. He sat there. He was comfortable there. If you're in Haran, borrow yourself brain. Ask yourself, am I truly in? Am I truly on that journey, or am I in Haran? Am I in my comfort zone? Am I, am I really, have I lost sight of the vision? You will not lose sight of the vision. The next thing you do is that you must be prepared to embrace the process of birthing the new. In the pressing, in the crushing, FOL, thank you for that song. In the pressing, in the crushing, that is when the new comes. 
if you are not ready to go through the process, if you want to remain in Haran, just like uh, Terah did, then you will never experience miracles. You will never make an impact. Your impact will be minimal. You will never receive increase. Your legacy will be questionable. Don't get me wrong. You will eat. You will drink. You'll be merry. But the new thing, the thing that will make people say, oh, this person serves a God that is alive, will not happen. You will not get it. So please ask yourself the question, are you ready to go through the pressing? Are you ready to go through the crushing? Plan to go through the crushing because it will come. Don't go saying, uh, Father, uh, I pulled down, it will come. If it is not coming, then you are not ready for something new. Ask your neighbor, are you ready to go through the pressing? Are you ready to go through the crushing? Is it a yes or a no? If you are saying yes, say it with your full chest. Are you saying yes with your full chest? Okay. You know, think about the butterfly. You see the beautiful butterfly, not so? But that butterfly at some point was a caterpillar. It was a caterpillar, and it goes through a very difficult process for it to become a butterfly. So you can imagine, if as a caterpillar it decides, I'm not ready for the pressing, I'm not ready for the crushing, it will never become a butterfly. It will never become a butterfly. I know somewhere in Niagara on the lake, if you go that way, please go to the butterfly. It was there years ago. I don't know if it's still there. But it's amazing just to see the various stages where they go from the caterpillar to the butterfly. Look at it. Go there if it's still there, and you will come out a different person. In the pressing, in the crushing. So as you talk about a new thing, let's remember about the pressing and the crushing. And then the other thing is you have to move forward. You have to move forward. If you were here on Friday, that was a powerful message. In digging deep, trusting the Lord, you just have to move forward. You know, about more than 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, the organization that I was with decided they were going to take some of us through some leadership, whatever. And this was in some far-off country. I believe it was in Singapore. And they decided that we had to do some exercises in the field and ask what one of those exercises was. It was for us to walk a tight rope that was about 35 meters above ground. And you didn't have a choice. So we climbed up. You know what a tight rope is? Very thin rope. Thin piece of rope. And we had to go, it was about 100 meters. Granted, we had the safety harness. So if you fell, you were not going to fall to the ground. They were going to catch you. But you had to go. And because people before you had gone and nobody had fallen, I was asking myself, Fidelia, are you going to disgrace yourself here? Are you going to be the first person to fall? And I remembered God, God, Father, help me, help me, help me, help me. And I got to the end, and I was so, oh, really happy. You know, when you are going through something difficult, when you are, it was something new in my life. Don't tell me to do it again because I will not do it. I'm not sure that at, that at this age, any insurance company will be ready to, you know. But that was truly important for us to do at that time. But when you move forward for something that is difficult, something you are not sure of, know that God has got a safety harness and he's holding you. He says, jump into that pool that has no water, no drop of water. He's got a plan B for you, and you've just got to trust. So when you are planning for something new, 
one of the things is you move forward. You move forward and you know that the Lord who is in it, provided you have presented that plan to the Lord, you know that the Lord who is in it has got your back. He's got your back. He will not let your foot be moved. He will not let you fall. Praise the Lord. Exodus 14, 15 to 16. The children of Israel were there. They had the Red Sea. They had the Egyptians coming behind them. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell them to move forward. Tell them to go forward. Lift your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So as the Lord is saying to you, do this, move forward, stretch out your hand, lift up your rod. What is that rod that you've got? The Lord will tell you something. And there are various rods. That's another topic. There are various rods that the Lord presents to us. But you've got to find out what rod is applicable for that time and for that move that you've got to make. The next thing is, let's be fearless and tenacious. Let's be ready to embrace challenges and swore above them. Do not be distracted. Do not be frustrated by challenges. Sometimes we get into, you know, a place of difficulty, a place of challenge, and then we lose everything. We lose focus. We lose focus. There's this story um, of a woman called Palava. Palava, for those of us who don't know, means trouble. I hope I'm right. Palava means a lot of trouble. And then her husband was called Sofahed. Sofahed happens to be, you know, somebody who is just used to hard life. Very quarrelsome couple. They would quarrel from morning till night. You know? Um, Sofahed had an orange tree. That was his claim to fame in life. He would go to the farm, come back with nothing. And then Palava will be waiting for him with trouble. Once in a while, they will get together. They would laugh, cha, 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 my husband, da, 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 okay. When things are great, oh, this is what I want. This is what I expect and all. One day they were in that their normal fight. Sufferhead had just come back from the farm and nothing to show. Palava, meanwhile, was waiting. Pot on fire with water boiling. She wanted to put something inside the pot. Sufferhead comes back with nothing. And so the fight starts. And then an angel appears and says, God sent me to you. I have seen your suffering. And there needs to be a change. But you're allowed to ask for only one thing. Only one thing in life. One thing. And that is the thing that God will grant you. For the sake of my time. If you want to hear the story properly, come and see me. I will charge a fee and that will be my new thing. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Freely I receive and freely I will not give. As far as this one is concerned. Dikinedi, <laughs> take your time off. So, the angel comes. And then because they are in that challenging time, instead of them to think about what they should ask for, so if head says, this my orange tree, anybody who steals orange from it, I just want that person to be glued to that tree till I come to release the person. Can you imagine? Now it's Palava's turn. Palava, what do you want? Can anybody guess? Can anybody guess? Palava says, I want my husband to die. For the rest of the story, you'll see me for a few. <laughs> but you know, what I'm trying to say here is, please do not, in the midst of challenges, lose your focus. Because Palava and Sofahed had an opportunity to make things different for themselves. Eventually, things were different for them. It's a long story. You see me, I'm pay. I'm still saying it. <laughs> But you know what? You face challenges head on. And you use those challenges profitably. Use them profitably. Use them profitably. Eagles love the storm. That's the lesson. 
Eagles love the storm. When clouds gather, the eagle gets excited, and then they rise on that storm. The wind that the storm is generating, they ride on it, and then they lift themselves above the clouds. That's what they do. And then when they have done that, there's an opportunity for them to glide and then rest. So when you rise above those challenges, you then come to a place of rest. It may be for a season, but you get rest for some time. Meanwhile, all other birds are hiding. The eagle is a high flyer. So if you want to receive the new, you must be a high flyer. You must be like the eagle. You must love the storm. And then you do not rely on your past success. Why? Because there's always something new. Oh, when you keep talking about the past, you know, in my days, you know, in those days, you know, like people who fought in the war, and they wear those, you know, their medals, and they sit under the mango tree in the village. Ah, when we went to Vietnam, how many years ago? When we went, that's not it. You need to keep looking for new things. And that's why God says, do not remember the former things. Do not consider the things of old. Do not consider the things of old. Do not rely on past successes. Even David in the Bible, and you'll see that story in 2 Samuel 5. David came against the Philistines, and he asked the Lord, should I go against them? The Lord said, yes, go against them. This is what you do. This is what you do. Not long afterwards, he came against the Philistines again. What a lot of us will do will be like, oh, it's the same group. It's the same set of people. This is what I did the last time, and this is what I will do. But he went before the Lord, and the Lord gave him a completely different strategy, and he overcame them. So do you use the past on an ongoing basis? You know? So you need to look for new things. Eagles do not eat dead things. They do not eat dead things. They feed only on fresh prey. So what are the fresh ideas that you have? What are you listening to? What are you researching? What are you reading? Are you spending five hours on social media where you have a lot of fakeness? Or are you spending that time to really do stuff that you should do? The other thing is you need to give back. Even as you plan for the new, what is it that you have inside of you that you can give to somebody else? What is it that is inside of you? You need to mentor people. You need to disciple people. Because the Bible says give and it will be given unto you. And it's not just about money. Give and it will be given unto you. What are you giving back? Because if you do not release something that you have inside of you, then you do not have space to receive the new. So you've got to let something go for something new to come to you. You say, oh, you will overflow. No. It's not that kind of overflowing. For you to overflow, you've got to let go of something that you have inside of you. And this is where it is important for you to give back. So give back, give back, give back. Mentor and disciple people. Challenge people to become better versions of yourself. And you will also learn to, through the process. You will gain something new. You will learn something new. And it doesn't matter what the person's background is. If Paul had looked at Timothy's background, he would never have touched Timothy. Because Timothy's father was a near-doer. And that is why, for Timothy, you hear about his mom and his grandmom. His father was a Gentile. He was a near-doer. But what happened? Paul took on Timothy. Who is that person that God is asking you to go after, to disciple, to mentor, so that there will be newness in your life, so that you can receive the new? You know, the eagles mentor their young. They make life difficult for them. They remove feathers, they remove soft grass, you know, in the nest, so that the young become uncomfortable and they have to fly. Because it's no longer comfortable for them to be at home. They have to fly. And that's, that's a bird. And then the young eagle goes 
and does its own thing. You know, newness never ends. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's not linear. Newness is not linear. It's cyclical. Let us remember. You need to shed old ways. You need to make sure that you push yourself to do more. And then when the Lord says that your youth is renewed like the eagles, Psalm 103.5, your youth is renewed like the eagles, what happens? Listen to this. When the eagle grows old, his feathers become weak and cannot take him as fast and as high as it should. Like all of us, it's not the way a 20-year-old runs that a 60-year-old will run. It's not the way a 60-year-old runs that an 80-year-old will run. So the eagle becomes very weak, and then it could make him die. So he goes to a place, he looks for a place, and he isolates himself. And when he's there, he plucks out the feathers on his body by himself. He uses his beak, and he plucks out the feathers. It's a painful process, you can imagine, until he is completely naked and there's blood all over him. Then he stays there until he has grown new feathers, new beaks and claws. Then he comes out flying higher than before. It's a new thing. His youth is renewed. What do you need to do? Do you need time with the Lord? Do you need to go into seclusion? Do you need to isolate yourself? Do you need to spend time just to get things going? Is it just the 50 days of prayer? Or are you going to take some time out? Are you going to go into a place where it's only you and God and renew your youth like the eagles? It's not easy. And it's the sacrifice that you've got to pay if you truly want to receive something new. As we round up, I'm going to say, please exercise patience. Exercise patience. Never lose your focus. We will always move in the direction of our focus. Have you watched some of those silly videos where people are looking at something else and walking and then they hit the a pole or a wall or something. That is it. You may think you are moving in one direction, but truly, because your eyes are this way, you are moving in that direction, whether you like it or not. You may not be moving physically, but in terms of your senses and in terms of everything that is going on in your head, you are moving that way. So if the new thing that you want is about, I want a job with, I want a job in Ottawa. You know what happens in Ottawa. But you keep looking sideways at TD Bank. What's going to happen to you? Because you are spending all your time researching what's going on somewhere else instead of saying, this is where I want the new thing. And then you lose focus and nothing happens to you. And you know, we will always end up going wherever it is that we're looking. So let's be careful. And that is why Philippians 3, 13 to 14, Paul says, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget the things that are behind. I reach forward to those things that are ahead. You reach forward to those things. You are focused. The eagle does not lose focus. Five kilometers. What is it that will happen towards the end of the year? Do not lose sight of it. That it's not happening now doesn't mean that you do not work towards it. Let's remember Lot's wife. She looked back at something that God had, had forgotten about. And today, we just know her as Lot's wife. If I ask what, what's her name, I don't know what her name is. I'm not sure anybody does. Pastor, please, do you know what her name is? Lot's wife. Lapidot, the husband of... That's in the Bible. A lot of us don't know. Thank you. The husband of Deborah. Lot's wife. Lapidoth. We don't want that. We want to leave a message. 
leave a legacy and the Lord will help us. We should not look at the things that have gone on. Otherwise, we get stuck, just like Terah got stuck in Haran. We will get stuck in places that we should be passing through and we will never achieve our potential. You will achieve your potential in the name of Jesus. So, please have a clear and powerful vision. Make sure you go for it. Remember that it's in the crushing, it's in the pressing that you will receive the new. If you want, I mean, just go back and look at yourself, spend time with yourself and ask yourself if there are things that you need to do differently. If you need to spend time one-on-one -on -one with God. If you need to be like the eagle and remove all those old habits, shed all those old habits, all those old ways of doing things, all those old thoughts, and then renew yourself. And remember, you need to give back. Let's rely on God. Let us patiently wait for his guidance and provision. And we'll end with Habakkuk 2, 2 to 3. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And that's the message I leave for us all today. Shall we rise to our feet? Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca. The word works. Throne of Grace, transforming lives, establishing His kingdom.